Welcome everyone to another episode of Titan Avenger Gaming. Uh, it has been a while since we've all been able to get together and have a have a chat about sports, life, movies, video games, all that. If uh, any of you, any of our listeners from Germany, Australia, South Africa, all the other countries, if you've been trying to keep up with us, wondering if, um, if there's any new episodes, if you miss any notifications, you haven't. We We've just been completely tied down in our all of our lives and stuff where we haven't been able to get together to do this. So hopefully tonight we have an exciting episode. Um, we're going to talk about Marvel and DC Universe, talk about those movies. We're going to talk about some um, new series coming out, some new series that are already out. We're fixing to talk about some sports, fixing to dive into a lot of big big things tonight hopefully it'll be for some great entertainment so let me get our first two guests on tonight we have uh, my brother-in-laws ross and ron they will be joining us and then maybe we'll have some other guests as we come along hello Hello? Ron, can I, can I hear you? Oh, no, not can yeah, you hear me. Okay, you I can, can hear, hear you. Whose birthday is it? I don't know. I see that too. Oh, uh, it was... Happy hard. birthday. <laughs> It was who? Our grandmothers. Okay. All right. So first off, we have Ron and Ross joining us. Uh, hoping we have our other two normal guys with us tonight. The first thing I want to start off is, is jumping right into unwritten rules of sports. Um. In case anyone out there doesn't know what an unwritten rule is um, in sports, is like in basketball, if your team's winning, you don't usually score in the final 13 seconds. No one's playing defense, and it's just kind of rude for you to go and score because it's kind of unsportsmanlike, things like that. Um, the other thing – that's an unwritten rule is in baseball, which we saw this in a major league game earlier this year, team was up a bunch. And instead of just getting into losing another team, tried to bunt the ball, which is strategy wise. That's, I guess a no, no. So, so kind of given the background of that, I want to go around the group and ask what are your thoughts on unwritten rules you can even talk about a specific sport you can talk about just unwritten rules in general pros and cons of it both sides your opinion don't really care ron you'll start us off with that 
Hmm. I think probably my biggest thing with unwritten rules in sports um, will come down to as long as it doesn't hurt somebody, like another player, then... Like you mean like physically get hurt? Yeah. You know, like if you're, you know, like we'll take football, you know, most teams out there will put in their if they're destroying some other team third string or something like that. Yeah. They'll they'll put in their third string and they even won't go as hard on the other team's offense and everything. But if you're going out there, you've got your first string still in, you're purposely running up the score, um, and you're mate you're like some major player on either side of the ball gets hurt. In my personal opinion, it's like, well, you had that coming. And yeah. you know, you the you know, so I'm not I'm not if it's gonna hurt somebody then um, it shouldn't be a thing that's done. Um, another kind of thing with it, I don't know if this is an unwritten rule. You said like if you're if you're um, you said something about basketball, you don't like score in the last like however long. And I'm going to use them and I'm going to use I'm actually going to use Arkansas example. I don't know if this is an unwritten rule or not, but like the thing that they did when they won games where Jalen Williams would throw the ball if uh, Devo Davis was down the court and he would just dunk it at the end, that kind of stuff I'm fine with. And like, not even just our team doing it or Arkansas doing it, any other team like that doing it. I don't know if that's an unwritten rule though. Well, well, it seemed like that was an unwritten rule, but I didn't know if it was or not. To an extent it is because the fact of, if you're about eight or 10 points, those two points don't matter to anything. Mm-hmm. Like it would be different if you're up by two and you're trying to score, kind of put it out of a one possession game or something like that. You know, so you don't need the points. You could have just got it and dribbled it out for three more seconds and the game is over. And so some people see that as unsportsmanlike of you're, you are trying to run it up. Because, like, and, on the other side, like you said about football, I'll go, you know, some people go, well, we'll, we'll say Alabama because Alabama's, you know, been great for the last 15 years. Alabama's up 56-7 to seven on Vanderbilt and they score. But the thing is, they're just running the ball they have their third string in and all they're doing is running the ball or they're running short routes. They're not trying to throw it 50 yards down the field or whatever like that. So it's like your team just sucks. Yeah. You know, so I don't, sometimes I'm like, sometimes you can't do anything about it. You know, I'll give you an example about high school. So I think it's Cersei. Cersei has a great women's soccer team. They almost got beat in the state championship because they were usually up five in, in case you don't know, five or six to zip is a blowout in soccer. Yeah. And they were usually up five to six or five or six to zip in those games. And so their starters sit. So those starters have only played a half. They play tough competition. They only win one to zip, I think, if I'm not mistaken because they were worn out, yeah, you know, and that's some things that hurt people because teams are blowing out and they never play. So then you have to think about, well, do I go ahead and play Tom Brady the whole game? Do I go ahead and play, uh, what's his name, Bryce Young the whole game? Because I need him to have a reps of actually playing four quarters. So when we play Clemson or Georgia, we can handle – four quarters of football and not be worn out of the wear and tear. So, yeah. and then 
I think probably like the biggest thing, you know, these unwritten rules of everything probably is, I feel like is in more baseball than anywhere else. And like, let's just look at the regionals, not the super regionals, but the regionals where there was a lot of high emotion in all of the re in pretty much every single game of every single regional regional, there was a high emotion and people get mad at any kind of showboating, any kind of emotion being shown. I'm, I'm okay with emotion. Like, you know, if you like one of the biggest ones was, I think, you know, the Tennessee player who looked like he was flipping off someone. I don't know if he was flipping off anyone. So I'm not going to say he was doing anything wrong. Um, But it's like, you know, if you want to get your team sparked into something, if you want the momentum, then maybe you need to hit a home run and just like flip the bat and run around the bases excited and everything. Yeah. And at at the same time, I will say this too. If that comes back and bites you in the butt, you just got to accept it. Like, for instance, the Oklahoma State guy who did the Johnny Depp sprint around the bases. I think that was funny. And then, like, his very last at-bat was a strikeout for the that lost in the series. Yeah. That's, that might be karma. And I'm like, well, you got to just live with it and everything. And that's, that's fine with me. Like, if you're going to, you know, if you're able to live with it, but you think that it might actually give your team the spark it needs to, to – to win a game, then, Hey, I'm not, I'm not against it. I I can't be against something like that because yeah, sometimes you just need it. All right. Ross, unwritten rules. What are your thoughts? Unwritten rules. I'm having trouble thinking about unwritten rules. Like what unwritten rules are there? Uh, Well, that, that's the thing. Like pretty much it's like it's sportsmanship. You know, like if you're if your team like the thing with the baseball was a team was getting beat 15 to two and they actually try to do a squeeze play and they try to bunt it. Well, in in a normal situation, you would only do that to advance runners to try to score and stuff like that. And somebody and the coach was getting mad. But the thing is, what do you want the team to do? Just lay down and die? You know, uh, in. I don't remember what team it was, but it was New York Giants. Eli Manning was taking a knee and, you know, to end the game, which I, I hate to take in the knee. And a team bum-rushed him, knocked the offensive line over, and knocked Eli over. And everybody was wanting a personal foul. You snap the ball, what do you think is supposed to happen in football? You're going to get hit. And they were trying to do everything they could to cause a fumble to get the ball back. So the unwritten rule is you should just sit there and take it that the person's going to need it. You know, uh, and in basketball, a team's just dribbling the ball out, trying to wind down the clock. People get mad when you try to steal it from them to try to score. Even though you're down 20, two points in the last 30 seconds is not going to bring a comeback. And people get mad because they expect you just to sit there and die and go, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good game. Good game, guys. But then again, you're being careless, just sitting there dribbling and just like going, you know, waving your hands in the air, just dribbling the ball. So – my side, I see both both sides of it, kind of like the running up the score. My, you know, my thought process is, do I want my second and third string to get better and run the offense? Yes. But then again, I want my first string to be able to play four quarters. You know, Steph Curry was a leading scorer in the NBA, and he only played three quarters a game that season that he went off. You know, he played over half of his games only playing three quarters. So did that hurt him in the playoffs when they got tougher competition? You know, who knows? But so that's kind of what I want to know. So, like, 
on the sportsman side of it. Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I think there's a level of respect, you know, you need to each team as you show one another. I mean, I've gotten my butt kicked in many of in a basketball game to the point like I was it was embarrassing. Uh <clears throat> but I mean, what are they supposed to do? They just supposed to stop playing, you know. I mean, you're getting, but I mean, in college and uh, pro sports, you you play until the game's over with. You don't, for the most part, you don't get run rules. You don't. Yeah, because high schools now they have they have mercy rules. They didn't have mercy rules when I was in when I was playing sports. I feel like, like the only mercy rule that I know of is college softball. Where they'll they'll stop a game for run at a run rule, you know. But Baseball has one. <clears throat> I don't know how much. How much is it? It's like um, well, it's like 10, 10 runs yeah. after seven and things like or yeah. after that. So they'll call a game at seven the seventh no. inning if have to. Um, <clears throat> like you know, you're talking about uh, running up the score. I mean, and uh, Randy, I've heard you say this a lot. You know, there does there obviously there needs to be a time where you do need to put in third, second string, third string, and let them play if you're kicking yeah. the crap out of your team. But what is the objective of that uh, that second and third string to score? That's what they want to do. They want to get well, out there. They want they want touches. They want the score. They want the ball. They want well, it. Like Luke sees this with me when he's you know when he he and I are working the tables at the basketball game. The third string gets in, their team is down or up by 20. Do you think that kid that probably will never start, doesn't matter, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, never start for that basketball team, do you think he wants to get out there and just dribble and pass the ball? No. He wants, he to, wants to make his grandma proud that comes to every home game. Yeah. He wants to try to score. Now, some of them go 90 miles an hour because they think that that's how it's supposed to go, and they're so careless. They dribble the ball. They make a crazy pass. They yeah. try to do fancy stuff, you know. But the thing is, they want to score. So, if, if I'm up by 20 and I have somebody that just jacks a three, no matter if they're open or not, if the coach over there looks at me like, what do you think you're doing? Like, what? It's a kid that never plays. He plays seven games out of 20. What, what do you expect him to do? There's Let him a, have his moment. There was a – I think it was maybe North Little Rock football team. I can't remember um, – the coach was getting a lot of heat a few years ago because every time what they do is they onside kick it. Well, Plasky Academy does that. Plasky Academy does that. And they were beating the snot out of everybody. Yeah. And they never they punt either. And, uh, but the coach was catching because the coach was like, y'all need to learn how to stop us. You know, and that's, that's another thing like for me too. Like if you're going to, you know, on the offside of the team, stop them, learn how to stop them. Which I know there's, you know, obviously sometimes the, the talent is a lot more lopsided than, you know, <clears throat> than you can deal with. But we, you know, it's like we're going to go until you stop us. I mean, what's wrong with that? It's sports. It's well, and also if my, and Luke, I'm fixing to come to you in just a second. If my offense, and I know we're focusing a lot on football, but if my basketball is like a three point shooting team or my football team is 70% passing, and I get out there with my second string, and I go, all right, here we're going to, you're just going to hand it off. You're just going to hand it off you're going to, for a quarter and a half because we're up 40 to, to three. And now 
man, my Bryce Young, my Tom Brady, they got hurt. All right, guy, I need you to go in and throw. The only times he throws is to the second string people. He didn't even have a chemistry with the Devontae Adams, with the Randy Mosses. And so you see that a lot of times where a backup comes in and the second string receivers do better because he has a chemistry with them. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? I, you know, my team, my offense on basketball is to shoot threes. I have no inside game. So I'm not going to sit in practice, just kind of pound it inside, you know. Luke, what are your thoughts? So for me, unwritten rules are for teams that play with honor, which is not everybody. So um, you have to, it's one of those things that has to be understood. You just have to know that, yeah, it's a game that you want to win, but at the end of the day, everybody's people and you can't treat others poorly just because you're good at something that they're not. So it's all about honor, like being able to win, but also being a good sport. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, your competitor, while they may not be as good as you, they still gave it their all. They still went out there and they played to the best of their ability. Like if I'm playing with you in basketball, I'm not going to be as good. Um, and so I'm going to miss probably more shots. I'm going to not be effective in the paint. I might hit some threes and my defense will be okay. Right. So, but that's all I can do. I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm mm-hmm. not play with LeBron. So if you're, you know, if I go out there with LeBron, he's, it's kind of an unwritten rule that you take it a little easier on, you know, you don't leave your first string in the whole game. Or if you do, you tell them, okay, let's, let's run prevent defense. Let's yeah. not, you know, they've got their, We've already got four touchdowns on them. Eight prevent events. I do too. But <laughs> in this case, I would allow it. Yeah. Because if you're up four touchdowns on a team that can't move the ball, like when Alabama played or when Arkansas State went to Alabama, uh, it's been several years, but whenever they went, they were up 35 to zero. Well, Alabama's probably going to put their third string offense in. You know why? Because they don't need their first string out there. And they've probably already, they've established already had the them playing. They've had enough. Yeah, they've had enough to see what works and what they need to work on. And now it's time to take it easy on the other team. Let them run a few plays and see if they can get the kinks out. Let them see if that, you know, our first string quarterback is up. Let's say Brett Favre gets injured and Aaron Rodgers comes in. Well, he's got to have a chance to do his best. And sometimes, you know, that's what kind of rules are is for teams to have good sportsmanship and to be able to maybe test something out. Or, you know, nobody wants to see 53 to zero win. Yeah. It's just not a good game. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that. Like, I, you know, I, I really see. And, and I know some people don't agree with me on this. I truly see a difference of running up the score and just running your offense. Because, it, like I was saying earlier, if that bench player keeps hitting threes, I can't do anything about that. If you won't guard him, he's going to hit the three. 
if he's going to run through and bust a 50 yard touchdown, he's going to bust a 50 yard touchdown. Nothing I can do with it. So, um, before we move on to the next topic, I, I know some of you kind of keep up with WWE and there's something big that has happened today. So this is kind of off the subject, but you know, there's been a lot of craziness going on here and one of it's unexpected, you know, triple H had some cardiac issues and he had to just retire from in-ring competition, which is very sad because I know he wanted to wrestle a couple more times, especially with some younger people. Um, But last month, Stephanie stepped away to be with family which, you know, a lot of people thought that was kind of odd. But now the WWE board is investigating a $3 million hush payment between Vince McMahon and a former, which was the first female referee, supposedly to have her keep her job or for her to go further on with her job. They had a meeting in his limo, if I remember correctly, and she didn't want to partake in things, and he forced, you know, he wanted oral sex. She said no, and supposedly he raped her, and they settled in a hush $3 million payment. So... I wouldn't say no. Like, do, do we think that Stephanie, and this is just opinion, do we think that Stephanie stepping down... To be with family deals with that, or does she actually want to be with Triple H? You know, you know, because he's has a health scare, or or what's going to happen with the company? There's no telling what's going to happen with the company, but I mean, these are not the first allegations against Vince McMahon about sexual misconduct. Oh yeah, like um, Sable was one, you know, and. He's a – I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, let it be investigated. I mean, supposed to be innocent until proven guilty in this country, and uh, I hope they'll maintain that. But, I mean, if he's guilty of it – I mean, I read it. I read <coughs> it when I saw it that he used it from his own personal funds. Like, I don't think he used, like – WWE money, yeah. WWE money to do it. Um so, but still, it's wrong to say, I don't tell anybody about this. Don't tell anybody that I forced you to do this. And if you do, I'll, you know, if you don't, I'll give you so much amount of money. I think it was like, I'll give you a million dollars up front and then $2 million uh, payment installments for however long. But if it does come out that like he did what he did and, you know, you're talking about possible prosecution, um, and I think it, if that's the case, he needs to step down as the chairman of the board. I mean, because he's just – I mean, I don't care who you are. Uh, I don't care what happens to the WWE um, regarding that. Um, I mean, I don't watch it anymore anyway. Like, I, to me, it's gone – to me, it's it's gone so downhill um, that it. I just I'm – not, I'm not much of a fan yeah. of it. Ryan, what are your what are your thoughts? Do you think there's any connection or uh probably. I mean, you know, there's always some kind of drama within that family. Um and I kind of think they I really believe that a couple months ago, about a couple months ago, I think before Christmas, like sometime before Christmas, they were they were sincerely looking to sell the company. It just hasn't happened yet. So yeah. 
at some point or another, it's going to be sold. And I think it'll probably be bought by some big name brand company like Disney. And, you know, they'll do whatever it is that they want to do with it. And I say, I'm just throwing Disney's names out there because at one point I thought Disney would actually buy WWE. So I've, this might actually be a, some kind of a ploy to get rid of the company <laughs> and everything. Maybe an easier way to sell it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. I saw it th- today, and then I saw ESPN post about it, and I read a little bit, and I was just kind of, just kind of shocked through it. So, um, all right. Next thing I kind of want to hit on um, quickly. I just want to talk about some of the new series coming out. Who? Who has seen the first episodes of Miss Marvel? Ross, have you seen it yet? Okay. Well, we're not going to talk about it, uh, but it's fine. Ron, what is your take on that? I like it. It's a coming of age story. And like, you know, it's it. I watched I've watched both episodes and I'll say this. Like it, it is one of those things where, you know, the first episode was really nice introduction mm-hmm. the second episode with some of the things that happened in the second episode it gave me a lot of um the original spider-man vibes to it which i thought was pretty neat yeah um but it the biggest thing is it's just it's a coming of age story like i think everyone can enjoy it it's clearly meant for like specific people and by specific people i mean like you have your you know, you have your uh, ethnic and religious background, but you also have the fact that it's a teenage girl going through life. Who, and, for one, you know, is a superhero, like, yeah. of superheroes. Yeah, and her teenage friends that are also going through life. And I think that's kind of a neat, um, it's just, it's neat how they've told it so far. Like, it's only two episodes, so, you know, yeah, I don't know how many, I don't know how many episodes are in the season. I think six um, or eight, like normal. Yeah, so I guess I'd like to see where it's going. And honestly, it's kind of like, uh, you know, as you're as the second episode has happened, you know, you're getting more into the story and the superpower part of the story. So it's like, okay, so you know, now we've got to, you know, no matter what this coming of age teenage comedy, now we're going into the now we're knee deep in Marvel stuff. Yeah. So I like it. It's 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 a lot of fun. It is it's it's fun to me. So, Luke, what about you? And I think she does a really good job of the acting. Yeah, I, I do really too. Liked it. I've only seen the first episode, but I did think that it was pretty true to the video game character, Miss Marvel. And so I really like that. I like that. Um, I thought it was kind of cool, though. You know, we're used to the mainstream. Avengers. That's who we're used to for Marvel. And so this was a step outside of that box and still good storytelling, still all, you know, what we expect from Marvel, but from a unique perspective. And I always think it's pretty cool to venture outside and see other um, cultures and stuff anyway. So I was ready for it. I liked it. Um, Randy, you and I kind of talked about how she got her powers in this movie or in this series. Compared to like the the video game and stuff like that and i thought that was a a good cultural import how they kind of pulled all that stuff together she's already wanting to be this character but she also wants to find herself like she wants to find out who she is as a 
as a person, as a teenager, as, you know, somebody in the culture that she's from. And so this was a good way to kind of pull that in. Yeah. And I don't know if you already know, but the, the Marvel's uh, movie that's coming out, it's already in post-production, you know, and she's part of it. Uh, Brie Larson, um, can't think of the actress's name, but girl, the girl that plays, um, was it Monica? Is that the yeah. daughter's name? Yeah. You know, she was in the whole uh, WandaVision uh, series and kind of gets yeah. her powers through that. So they're all wrapped up into this new series. Um, what about, I know, I think, Ross, did you watch Mandalorian or anything like that? I know you're not too big of Star Wars. No. So, Ron, you've seen Obi-Wan, haven't you? All right, Luke, have you watched all the episodes so far for Obi-Wan? So, well, except for today's. I didn't okay, watch. yeah, I haven't watched today's either. Uh, Luke, let's start with you. What are your thoughts of the series so far, which takes place between, you know, three and four? Yeah. Technically? Um, I've enjoyed it. Like, uh, there's, it's got all the Star Wars lore in it. Um, and, you know, as a kid watching Star Wars for the first time, you do kind of wonder what the backstory is. Like, how did Obi-Wan get from the first three movies where he's a young Jedi master, he's at the top of his game, to how did he get to where he's trying to train Luke and it's almost like he's grandfathered. Yeah. Instead of like a, you know, and I guess as a parent, we kind of do the same thing. We're no longer, life's no longer about us. It's now about our children. And so how did he get from there to there? So I like character development. I like that there's some new challenges and stuff like that. But I'd also have questions, I guess. Like, I know that he, you know, Whenever he, he had to defeat Anakin on Mustafar. I can't imagine what kind of trauma that would go through seeing your best friend and also your basically your child. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And turn to the dark side and all that stuff. And, you know, the psychological damage that that would do. And then here's a second chance. Because you feel like you've led him to the dark side in a way. Yeah. You feel like you failed him. And so. You've kind of get, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that he can't connect with the force in him. So in the series, whenever it starts and, you know, he's given all that up, like, I don't know. It's a cool storyline, you know. Yeah. He's, he's destroyed himself. He's having to rediscover himself. And then this kid comes along and he's actually trying, you know, he's trying with Luke. He's watching over him. Um, but that self-discovery, trying to figure out who he is, is he still worthy, you know, just redemption story in this case. I like it. And I've really enjoyed, you know, it's got a, all the Star Wars stuff that you kind of expect. All the action, a few lightsaber scenes. Yeah. I still have a lot of questions about, like, the Inquisitors and stuff, too, though. Ron, your turn. Uh, I know a lot of the Inquisitor stuff, like not specifically like the character that we have in this one is, um, I think, have you seen Star Wars Rebels? I haven't. 
Well, I know. Take it back. I haven't seen all of it. That's where they're introduced. And I think it actually talks about them in that, uh, like how they came to be and whatnot. Um, But yes, I absolutely, it's it's so good. It's so good. I love Obi-Wan. And I wish I could talk about tonight's episode or today's episode, but like, it's just, in my opinion, like, I don't think every episode, like, gets better and everything. Like, I thought, like, I thought, for instance, like, last week's episode was pretty good. Um, I liked episode three more than I liked last week's episode and, um, and whatnot. But this, in my opinion, this was a master class today in, like, telling a story from so many points of view it's like this particular episode right here it does such a good well, job and it seems conveying... like with every episode four in loki and like it, there's always it seems like there's a connection like episode four is like a really pivotal like either there's a surprise or there's a cameo well this is episode five but i do get what you're saying like yeah, it's like almost like, that like next to last or right at there at the end episode yeah. But yeah, it's it just it does a good job, and like you can see, because I know I know at one point this start this whole project. I don't think they filmed it this way, but I know at one point this whole project started out as like a movie, and then they decided to do you know the series, a six part, you know series of it. Well, and like- so you can you can kind of see how it's like how it as it keeps going, like how the move like you could see the movie. You know, yeah. and everything. Well, like we and, said with a lot of the, the series, you know, each series is 35, 40 minutes and there's six episodes. So technically we're getting two or three hour movies, you know, yeah, to explain a little story. But you see like, it's just everything you get to witness in this episode. It's just it's so good. Can't wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. Um, so want to kind of look at some future projects. This is kind of outside the DC Marvel thing, but just going to kind of go through some movies here that are supposed to come out in the next six years. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued. Don't know if it's like a, you know, I want to watch it in the theaters, but kind of curious to see about the Elvis movie. Cause I guess they're trying to hit on it. Like the whole rocket man, Bohemian Rhapsody kind of thing. Um, I saw the previews for the Minions Rise of Gru the other day when I went and saw Jurassic World. The Minions just cracked me up in general. I could watch any movie with just the Minions, uh, especially it showed a little scene where he's in the bathroom of an airplane and flushes the toilet and he gets sucked down. And as he's sucked in the toilet, his clothes come off and there's a little Minion butt. So that, it, they just make me laugh altogether. Now we can stop on this next one. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder. Seen several trailers on that. I am very excited about this movie. I want to see Jane, which I know in comic books, you know, she was the next Thor. So I want to see that. I want to see Christian Bell's character. I've heard that he was phenomenal. Kind of went to a whole different world to be the god killer that he is. Like he, his character looks like he plays the part. So I'm really, really excited about that. So give me some, give me some thoughts about that, Luke. What do you think about what you've seen of 
the new Thor? I'm excited for it. Um, a lot of questions. Like I found Thor super relatable, especially in that last movie that he was in because, you know, dad bod. And uh, hmm. so I don't know. I'm excited to see how he gets back into form. It's not a character thing that you would have expected because you think, okay, well, he's from Asgard. Everybody on Asgard is going to be in shape, you know, because they're basically gods. Yeah. And so to find that he has a lot more human qualities kind of makes him a much more relatable character. And so that was pretty cool. I'm also curious to see where the relationship goes between um, Valkyrie and Jane, like with Thor kind of trapped in the middle there. Yeah. Gonna go. Is he trying to redeem himself? Is he trying to come back to who he was? And there's a couple of Thor movies with Jane, or is he, you know, are they the women on to grander purposes for themselves? And they both, you know, they don't need Thor to make them who they are meant to be. And yeah. so I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to go with that. But the previews looked awesome. Like, I can't yeah. wait. Ross, what about you? Have you seen the trailers for Thor? Yeah, uh, I don't remember every specific detail of it, but I, I remember Gore the God Butcher. Uh, <clears throat> that he looks awesome. Uh, how that's going to play out? Uh, Thor getting back into shape, you know, because that first photo that I think they ever released, like he's standing with his arms just—I mean, he's just completely jacked and like he's ready for battle. And <laughs> the scenes he's wearing like a trucker hat. And yeah. He's doing the whips or whatever, the ropes. And, uh, of course, uh, Korg, you know, uh, he in. <laughs> uh, to see where it goes into phase four, um, the Marvel series. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun movie. Man, I love – I mean, I, I love all the Thor movies. Uh, cinematography, the acting, the action. Uh, comedy. I mean, Thor, Thor's funny. Uh <clears throat> Uh, and emotional. Uh, I think all they they blend well in all his movies, all his Thor movies, and uh, I think it's gonna be really really fun. I'm excited to watch it whenever yep. I can. Brian, before we get to you, I, I think I've seen some questions, uh, and I'm you know, and sometimes the the way I think something should happen or how it's in the comic books, they kind of tweak it a little bit. But you know, like the hammer, you can see that the hammer's all cracked and stuff, but it's back together. So how did it get back together? Where did she become, you know, not powerful enough, but gifted enough to be able to lift it? Um, the other thing was, um, you know, how much is the Guardians going to be in it? You know, because they're in this movie and he's supposed to be in their movie, which we'll get on that about when it comes out. But Ryan, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I am also super excited. I have not seen um a movie yet from the director whose name i'm horrible at pronouncing uh takai maybe that's right but i've not seen a movie for him yet that i haven't loved uh, yeah so i'm just gonna expect this movie to be just as good i, I will like say his character in free guy yeah he's so. so he's so good but um i think that i from i don't think this is like anything leak knowledge but I'm just guessing that the way she's able, and this is from other people, it's not my own personal theory, um, 
but it's one that I agree with. The reason why she's one of the reasons why she's able to pick up the Thor's hammer, uh, the hammer, anyways, is because um, of the um, of the reality stone, or when that was inside of her and whatnot. That whole you know yeah. plasma stuff it gave her powers, kind of like how it gave um, uh, Ms. Captain Marvel powers and everything. So I think it's probably I think that's probably the reason why, but. Could be. We'll see. You know, Jane Foster is also, a, you know, in many ways, I would think maybe a worthy person just as much because of what she was because of maybe because of the things that she was willing to do in the first movie and the second Thor movie that, you know, the ones that she's actually been in, maybe it deemed her worthy. So, yeah. Well, that's supposed to come out in July. Uh, in. End of July, there's the DC League of Super Pets. That still looks funny to me. Um, can't wait to see that. Saw the first trailer for Black Adam with The Rock. Super excited about that. I've heard rumors that supposedly uh, old Henry's Superman is supposed to make an appearance in the movie. So that's pretty cool, even though with all the rumors that he's not going to be Superman anymore. November is supposed to be Black Panther. Um, and then the Marvels is supposed to come out in February. No telling what's going to go on with Aquaman with all the Amber Heard stuff going on. Guardians 3 is next May. Supposed to be the last Fast and Furious movie or one of them. And then the Flash movie. That's supposed to come out next summer. They're still wanting to get all all the scenes redone with somebody else with all the legal troubles that Miller's into and now something else has come out like it's just crazy and we can talk about all that um later because i feel like we could really dive into that i know i think they're finished wrapping up the next thing in jones which is coming out ant-man and wasp i think is currently filming um they're doing like two more mission impossibles they're doing the after they do the minions they're doing a despicable me four and then they have with two years set apart for 2024, 26, and 28, they have three more avatars after the second one comes out this December, as of right now. So, so yeah, I'm say it all the time. I'm super excited about all the movies and stuff that are going on. Uh, pretty much caught up, except for Miss Marvel. I'm just ready for. Thor to come out and see where it's going with this. Um, one more thing that I want, well, yeah, one more thing I want to talk about. Going into sports, this was kind of off the thing. I just saw it today. You know, they increased the NFL season to 17 games, and it's still one bye week. A lot of players are speaking out saying that they think there should be two bye weeks. That 17 games is just takes a toll on everybody. So, Ross, I know you don't keep up too much with NFL, but what are your thoughts on that with, like, should we listen to NFL players who play the game? Should we get more feedback from coaches that see the players every day? Like, like in my situation, and you know, well, Luke's situation too, we have a person that's in control of the Department of Education who thinks that they know what's right for teachers. 
you know, that would be kind of like somebody who was the home ec teacher being the athletic director and saying, well, this is what you should do for your basketball team. This is what you should do. No, why do you need to get money for a turf? You know, like things like that. So, like, should, uh, yeah, should we listen to players and give players a little bit more power of saying, well, we really think it, you know, we need just 13 games or let's go back to 16 or let's expand it and make it a 19 week season and give us two bye weeks. Because one of the comments I saw was it doesn't matter if the bye week is week four or week 13, it still takes a toll. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm totally for it. Like they need to listen to NFL players because there's the one, they're the ones who are playing the game. They're the ones who have to get hit and do the hitting. I, I one thing I, really can't stand is when somebody who's never done the job tries to tell somebody how to do the job and what's best this is what's best for you like well have you ever done what I'm doing well no I mean let's be real management side that's what they're there for they're there for management they're not there to play football they're there to manage the team manage finances you know uh, so, yeah, they need to be talking to players. They need to be talking to doctors. They need to be talking to coaches. Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what's – you know, you can always say what's one more game, but, you know, where do you stop after that? Where's the line? Okay, well, uh, a 19-game season with two – with one by – you say two by weeks? Right? Yeah. Okay, well, why not 20? Why not do a 20-game season? You know, because, for, I mean, for a lot of – Obviously, for a few teams, they play more than 18 games a year because you got to go into the playoffs, and that's more than 18 games. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, because some teams don't have the luxury of they've already got the home home field advantage, so they don't get to sit out their players the last week of the season. They're trying to either win to get home field advantage, to win to get the bye week, to win to make it to the playoffs. And so, see, either somebody gets banged up or that's just more wear and tear on your body than sitting and, you know, resting for two, four weeks. Or technically three if you get a bye week. You know, because like I said, ultimately the players are the ones who are doing the job, are playing the game. The coaches aren't playing. The general managers aren't playing. The doctors aren't playing. The, you know, the owners of the team aren't playing. Yeah. They need to listen to what they have to say. and Like, look. We don't want to play 19 games. Or, I mean, we're good with – I mean, it, it, again, it's hard to say, like, you're – what's one more game? I mean, truly, what's more, one more game in the season? Well, that's one more opportunity maybe for somebody to get hurt. I don't know. But then again, like I said, where does it stop? Like, if you're going to do 19, why not do make it an even 20? Yeah. Luke, yeah. what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, I mean – I get it. So, yeah, it's just one more game and everything. But 16 is already kind of taxing the system. You know, one bye week and 16 weeks of play is already kind of skimpy. So why not give them that second bye week? I mean, what's it really going to hurt? Yeah. And it's for player safety. So if you get better seasons out of an extra bye week, well, I'm all for that. You know, maybe my starting quarterback 
gets well rested and it goes off again, you know? So there's a lot of benefit to possibly just doing that. So uh, players are saying, hey, we need an extra bye week. Listen to the players because as a teacher, I want my voice to be heard. I want, if I say this is too hard, then, or this is not going to work, this system is not something we can do, then I think somebody should listen to me because I'm the one in the trenches doing all the work. Yeah. So my opinion has to be valued as a professional. Yeah. I feel like if anything, then need to meet in the middle somewhere. Like show that you're show your players or your league that you care, you know, because even the coaches, you know, if you're adding one more yeah. week to the season, that makes the season longer. So that's away from your family, you know, or more travel and things like that. So Ron, what about you? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I've seen, I've seen teams um limping to their bye weeks or limping to their well, um, and here's the side of that, like the whole week 14 and week 13, like that one player said today. So you play three three weeks, and then also now you're in a bye week. Your team could be pretty much healthy. And now you have to play, what is it, uh, a 14-game stretch. Yeah. You know, of we've just got to compete now. And somebody gets hurt, you don't have a bye week to get healthy. Now you're yeah. trying to play on that sore hamstring. You're trying to play on that ankle. But then – the other side of it is you sit there and you play for 10 weeks and you know, and you've been Dak Prescott's hurt and you're like, man, we just got to make it two more weeks and make it to the bye week because we need him back and then get him rested. And then now all you got to do is about five more weeks. But then again, now it's like, is it too little too late? Yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost worried that like, you know, the lack of bye weeks is going to affect a lot of sports. Like, you know, with with the with NCAA, we already shortened changing. the preseason. You know, yeah. But with NCAA football, like you know, the college ranks, how it's about to drastically change the next couple of years. So, and these grueling schedules, I think having a, I think having bye weeks, and like very, you know, well well positioned bye weeks is a, such a it's a good thing. And so the NFL, if they if they're going to add games to the schedule give them an extra bye week or you're going to see a lot of people get hurt, which isn't going to be good for fantasy football players. Yeah. Uh, Speaking about college real quick. And I just want to touch on this because there's some other stuff. I wanted to make it more detailed probably in the next podcast where we might wait closer to the football season, the NIL deals, which we've talked about. It's kind of like, you know, your own sponsorships and stuff for college now. There's the whole Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban argument. If none of you know or any listeners don't know, Nick Saban made a comment about the whole recruiting thing and how people are buying their players and kind of posted a jab at Texas A&M, and Jimbo Fisher got mad and yada, yada, yada. I, I see Nick Saban's side because you've been a great recruiter all these years, and now a team – that has more than just boosters, if they have if they have a company like Walmart that can say, we're going to give a million dollars to this quarterback to come to your school. Well, now that quarterback who is good enough to play on any team in the 
nation is like, okay, let's say Walmart, let's say Walmart's even like, you know what? We don't, even though I know they do, but let's say Walmart doesn't do any sponsorships or endorsements to Fayetteville. Let's say for some reason they have some kind of deal with UAPB, UCA, Arkansas State, and they're like, you take our deal, go play Arkansas State or go to UCA. This number one recruited quarterback, five-star, Arch Manning, we'll say him. He's the hot topic right now. He goes and plays for UCA. Now, what's he going to do at UCA? You know, probably not much of anything because of the talent. But the thing is, he's getting paid 2 or $3 million to go there. Because he could have been like, well, Bama, you wanted me? Come get me. So now Bama's got to think, well, we, now we got to find him some bigger NIL deals. So now we're fixing to have college players sitting out and, and making threats of like, well, I'm just going to sit out for three years and do this and do that. And so I don't know. This There's got to be some guidelines, and they got to be quick. If not, college football is going to get out of hand. People are going to – we're going to see the transfer portal even worse. Like – you know, Tennessee's gotten some big recruits, but then again, Tennessee's gotten – they've got some money in their back pocket. And I've heard things about, you know, Walmart and a couple other big names that are pushing for people to come to Arkansas. And so maybe Nick Saban's scared about that, but there's not enough good things in Alabama that can endorse their school. So, Ryan, like, what are your thoughts? Well, first off, Jimbo should have just admitted it. Like, just admit it. We all know there is not anyone in, on this planet that knows anything about college football that that doesn't know that Jimbo Fisher or well maybe not him but Texas A&M bought their whole entire their whole entire recruiting class. You don't have you don't have mediocre season after mediocre season um, of high expectations and low results, and then all of a sudden it's like well we've got the best recruiting class that was ever that's ever actually been which I think it's actually historically like the best recruiting class ever. And like, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're just, and you're out competing Nick Saban and um, Kirby Smart. You just, come on, Jimbo, you bought the class. It's okay. No one's mad at you because everyone's doing it. Yeah. Um, and, if now. You, and if there's coaches that are out there that don't think they're doing it, someone's doing it. <laughs> and you're right. You know, it's like, you know, you look at, Let's look at Tennessee and Arkansas, which are two teams or two colleges that are that are right there on the ground floor that have a lot of good or had a lot of a good potential with their NIL deals. And yeah, like I don't know about football right now. And I say that because I think our I feel like our places like our basketball team more, which is fine. But our basketball team definitely has had some inspiration to go to the or the players that are coming to the, to the school have had some real inspiration from somebody with money to come to our school. You just, again, that just doesn't happen. I'm Eric Musselman is a great recruiter, no doubt in my mind, but to get this class, the way he's gotten it, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, someone's, someone's ponying up some money. Uh, the, 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 the quarterback, I think for Tennessee, that's coming from California. That was like a, I think a five-star quarterback. It's pretty clear. I think he's even admitted it that he's <laughs> he's got some good uh, nil deals already so far, and so it just just own up to it. And yeah, and like probably like two or three years, there's probably going to be some hammer that's going to drop that's going to put this 
put a lot of this to like, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna, uh, what, moderate, maybe that's the right, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's gonna, you know, gonna make this all not as potent as it is right now, and that should be good for the sport, in all honesty, but as it stands right now, everyone's doing it, just own up to it, that yes, you you have bought some people in your class, um, and just, you know, just live with it. Live with what the consequences are. Um, if that gets you a national championship, then good for you, Texas A&M. I hate you, but good for you, Texas A&M. Yeah. Ross, I, mean, I, don't, I don't like it. At the at the end of the day, like, I think there needs to be regulation. Yeah, I, I do too. Hey, if it, hey, if it wins us a national championship in a sport, I'm not going to be complaining too much. Yeah. Ross, what about you? Uh, there's definitely got to be some type of regulation. I mean, you can't just – you can't hand an 18-year-old kid $3 million and, you know, and and have – you know, and it just be free. They can just do what they want, you know. Uh, even if – and if you can, there needs to be – like, Randy, I think me and you have talked about this. Like, there needs to be, like, you're going to sign a contract. It means you can't enter the transport portal for two years. You're going to stay at this school whether you suck, whether they suck or not. Uh, if it doesn't work, pan out the way you wanted it to, you sorry, you're here. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm, but I'm also like, there needs to be some regulation on how much these kids are making. Uh, because it's like, because bigger schools with more money and more back, backers and boosters are going to be able to throw more money at kids that, uh, <clears throat> that, that, you know, schools that might not ever have the best recruiting class and not, you know, like Texas A&M, best, best, you know, they're, they're the ones. They're the ones we got to talk about because they got the best recruiting class, probably, like Ryan said, probably in history. And we – Nick Saban was right. You bought them. They didn't come there because they just want to play for Texas A&M. They came there because you're paying them to be there. And – for the longest time, Nick Saban was able to do it solely on recruiting. Solely. I, I mean, there's probably some perks and stuff that they did offer him, but obviously not millions of dollars. No, they offered him a winning season. Well, offered him a winning season. You know, you're going to go pro. You're going to shoot. Boosters are a tricky bunch. If I'm getting to pick a school, I'm talented and I get to pick a school just based on reputation because I'm not getting any money for it. I'm going to Alabama. Yeah. Because I'm, Why do they want to go like to Because Alabama a, actually. A six and five chance that they're going to a national championship. And they want to play yeah. for Nick Saban. Yeah. That, I, who wouldn't? I mean, Ryan, you were a fan of Alabama for a long time. Oh, I'm still a fan of Alabama. I don't hate them. I can't wait to see um, Nick Saban. I don't get to see him in person in person, but one of the things I'm excited for this next season is the Arkansas-Alabama game because I get to be in the same stadium as Nick Saban. That's super cool to me. Like he's one of the he's he's the greatest coach of all time. And I'm not talking about like in football. In my opinion, he is the greatest coach of all time. I just and you know it'd be cool if he could actually get the NFL thing done. But up until now, up until these this NIL deal these deals started, you didn't hear hardly anything unless it was like something that was uh, unethical about kids going to schools because they were getting paid to be there. Mm -hmm. It was based on their talent. 
it was and they're getting paid based on their talent, but it was they went it was who who had the best offer, who was recruiting the best. That's what it was. And another another thing that bothers me about this is that a lot of the reason that people like watching college football is because it's not pro football. And if you have it to where schools are able to pay players to pay for to and I'm not talking about scholarships. I'm talking about like if I can if I'm a school I can say, all right, I'll give everybody on the team a million dollars of walking around money. Who's not going to want to be on that team? So you just bought your class. Well, that's pro football. That's what they do. Money, money talks and BS. Buy the best players, yeah. And so there's no score loyalty. That's the one thing I don't like about the NFL is that everybody trades to every other team throughout the season. Like it's there's no loyalty at all in the NFL. And I think it, it also, like, it kills the art of it, the art of recruiting. Because, like, Jimbo Fisher, he can go to a five-star quarterback and say, I'll give you $3 million. And that's you give me a blank check. I can be know, the world's greatest recruiter. That's the recruiting now. Hey, we can offer you $3 million. Yeah, I can. Or I can that kid can turn around and say, Bama offered me five. That's recruiting. That's crap. That's yeah. bull crap. Whether, that all Al- thinks, whether Alabama did or not, the kid can yeah. say it. That, that's, that's all they have to say now is how much. And these kids, these talented kids, are going to turn around and say, How much are you going to offer me? Yeah. But I do have one kind of like opposite side of the view. I have the, I one opposite viewpoint here. See, I'm actually, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm 100% for NIL. I think it should be um, a thing that happens. I don't think we should just, I don't think people. You know, these guys are super talented. They should get some kind of – they should be able to have some kind of monetary, you know, gain from what they do for schools and whatnot. Um, but my other point to this is um, I like the – one of the reasons why I like the NIL so much is because I think it actually has a chance of keeping some people in college because what happens when some of these kids – and I'm not talking about just football. I'm talking about across all sports. They start thinking about going pro – when their eligibility to go pro comes up. And then I think there's not all of them, but I think there's quite a few that get an agent talking in their ear. And an agent doesn't care about a kid's future. They care about the month, the, the payout from getting them drafted and the payout they're going to get from getting that person drafted. So they'll, you know, they're, they're, they're leeches in my opinion. Most agents are leeches to be fair. Um, but they'll get this kid, they'll convince them that they need to go pro, they'll get that money for it, and then what happens? Sometimes these kids are complete bust in the sport that they're going to because they're not developed, they're not development, they're not developed fully right. And you know, they they become they just become a waste of, you know, of a player because they're they were never ready in the first place. They had a spark of talent, but they were never ready in the first place. Um, and they needed that that more of that time to develop. And I think an NIL deal can actually do a good job of keeping some kids in college where they need to be for whatever team they need to play for um, and everything and help them continue developing until they're ready to move on to the next to the next level. And see, and I, I, I can see that. And like I said, I feel like there needs to be some kind of regulation so this doesn't get out of hand where stu- kids can't use this as leverage, you know, the, the only thing is not every kid is going to get paid for their talents. That third-string quarterback, he could get a higher NIL deal than Bryce Young because they just want him to – like Arch Manning could go to Bama. Is he going to start? Probably not because Bryce Young 
Heisman Trophy winner is not going to lose his starting job, but he could get a bigger NIL deal. But then again, there could be somebody that's technically a starter on defense that never gets an NIL deal and even trickle down to the third string or the punter. So I feel like there should be something where if it's like, well, if you're going to give $10 million, it needs to be $10 million spread across the board, and you trickle down of – are you going to do $9 million for this quarterback and everybody else splits – like it needs to be something. If we're going to do that and say college athletes need to be paid, then they – all of them need to be paid. Yeah, you know? and – and another thing, too, and maybe this is like a sort of like a thing against the NIL, but not really against the NIL. A, a rule that I would like to see in place, someone like Arch Manning, he's going to – he's absolutely, unless he declines to because of his family's own wealth, which they're a wealthy family, he could decline an NIL deal. He could say, I don't need it. But, you know, I'm sure he wants yeah. to make his own money and everything. But, like, let's say, like, like these kids that are getting – you know, crazy amounts of money uh, to go to a college. They don't need a scholarship. They don't need a scholarship to pay for anything that they've got going. If they've got the money already in the bank, take them off the scholarship, give that to some walk-on kid who absolutely has been working their butt off, who's not going to get an out deal. Don't, don't waste the money because that, that is a waste of money. Bryce Young, he doesn't need a scholarship anymore. Give him – you know, give it to some, give it to one of the walk-on kids, you know, people yeah. in any, in any place, just give it, you know, give that scholarship up, make them pay for their own college. That'll help them learn what it means to actually have money and what it means to spend money without going off and buying like crazy, you know, crazy expensive items. They'll have to pay for college. <laughs> That's a good idea. Give that scholarship up, give it to someone who's deserving of the scholarship who doesn't get an NIL deal. And, you know, it's, that's good now. And like, there's a bunch of these, there's a bunch of these guys too, that, you know, they're taking what in animal money that they have, and they're actually doing something good with it. And I think there's quite a few of them out there um, across all the sports that are actually doing that. And that's pretty cool. So like, you know, I'm cool with that, but, you know, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see other people that don't get the same um, rewards, but are working just as hard get their, you know, get their leg up in the hole in all of, in, in college sports across the board. Yeah. Well, before we go, I have kind of a rant and I'm either crazy or I just need some help understanding. You know, How do I put this? Arkansas has LSU. Tennessee has Florida. Duke has North Carolina. Like, Texas, you know, has Oklahoma. Like, you have those rivalries in college football because whether it's a state versus a state or recruiting, things like that. I'm trying to figure out what is the rivalry between Arkansas and Tennessee? And again, this might be just my rant. But my my thing is, hold on. My thing is, and I, and I asked my source and, you know, and I follow a lot of people, you know, on Twitter and things like that. But it seems like, especially with baseball, 
Arkansas fan base wants Tennessee to fail so much. And I feel like they watch the Tennessee baseball game more than they watch their own baseball game. I don't. <laughs> and, and the jokes that were made and stuff like that, because, you know, and everybody hates a winner. Everybody hates the Celtics. Everybody hates the Lakers. Everybody hates the Patriots. And I get it. Some reasons to hate the Patriots, you know, we've talked about it, you know, they've cheated and things like that. But like, do I agree with Jordan Beck flipping the person off as he rounded first? No. But did I heard, he flip him off? I kind of think he did. But like people talking about the bat flips. Well, crap, everybody bat flips. You know, they say, well, they sit there and wear that daddy hat. Well, crap, Oklahoma State did something. Notre Dame did something. Everybody does something when they hit home runs. And crap, everybody's mad that Tony Vitello grew up in an Arkansas system and learned under all those coaches and was considered the best recruiter. So he learned under this coach. Like, you don't just do your own thing. You learn from people who are your head coaches and take it with you. You know, and everybody talked about Tony Vitello bumping that ref. That ref looked like he got hit by Mike Tyson. Tony Vitello did not bump him that hard. You know, but I've seen some people say everybody from Arkansas wants to point out Tony Vitello and the argument with the umpire. And then I see things where, you know, and then people are like, well, you know, Dave Van Horn, he respects umpires. And then also I see videos where Dave Van Horn is sitting there saying, F you, F you, F you, and going at it. I saw something from an LSU game a couple of years ago, and I saw something back in like 08 or something. And it's like, you, you can't play one side of the thing. Your coach does it just as much. Now, did he bump anybody? No, but he's sitting there chewing somebody out. Vitella didn't do that. He just went up there, bumped the guy, said his piece, and went on about his business. But, like, when I'm seeing uh, a TV station talk about the Arkansas game and then they randomly show the Notre Dame team dogpiling and they're like, oh, how did that get in here? Oh, my goodness. Oh, we're trying to work on that. No, you planned that. You didn't just put Notre Dame beating Tennessee in the middle of your Arkansas broadcast just because. And all the other comments, like I got off of Facebook and stuff, not because I, like, do I want my team to win? Yeah, I want my team to win. But I got tired of seeing all the crap on Tennessee. It's like, move on from it. Like, in all honesty, I think it's just because you're scared. Because Tennessee, hands down, like I even consider Golden State Warriors, the 73 and 9 Golden State Warriors, and Luke and I have talked about this, the best team in the NBA. Did they win the championship? No. But they're still the best team across the board. Tennessee, stats don't lie. They had, and you hear numerous people say it, they had the best team, hands down, from top to bottom. The worst thing on their team was the fact that they give up stolen bases because their pitchers have a high leg kick. But they had the best pitchers, the best bullpen, the best hitters all across. You don't usually have both sides. You either have great pitching or you have great hitting. And they had both. And look at the statistics. It hasn't been since 1999, I think it was, that the number one overall team has ever won a championship. Yeah, it's a curse. It's a curse position. And so it's like people are ha, 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 you know, look at you, karma, karma, karma. <laughs> okay. Well, but, you know, like that... here's my thing. 
I will sit here and I will die with my team and say, my team can catch a pop-up. You know, I'll sit there and argue that, and somebody's like, well, at least we're at the World Series. Yeah, but then again, you embarrassed yourself. You had three guys that couldn't catch a pop-up, and then you guys lose that game, and then your coach can't uh, handle how to work up your pitching, and so your pitchers are all used up, and you lose game three. Same reason why Kevin Copps was the way he was last year. You used him up and – But see, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's it, A lot of it has grown because of last year. And everything. Now, I'm not talking about the championship year. And what was that, 2018? But yeah. a lot of it's coming from last year because, like, Tennessee was on the up and up last year. No, no, no Tennessee's been on the up and up since 2019. Well, they were quite good last year. I actually thought they would win it all, to be honest. Well, they were quite good in 2020 until COVID hit. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't even know where I count the COVID year. And that's not talent wise. It's just, you know, it just everything was screwed up for all sports during that year, but they were on the, you know, they were really good last year and then they make it to Omaha. Arkansas doesn't make it to Omaha. Arkansas was statistically the number one team, um, really good team. And there's a lot of Tennessee fans uh, last year that, you know, were doing the same thing Arkansas fans were doing this year. Not as bad. No, sir. I mean, no, I don't don't know about that. Tennessee fans are pretty they're really good at trap talk. Yeah, did they trash. did they post Arkansas losing on their own thing when they're trying to post about Tennessee winning? No, I don't know about I don't know about videos, and they go, oh, I mean, how did that Twitter, happen? Twitter, yeah, they're going. I understand that. So show me some stuff across the board. But but sitting here and going think, all this karma crap. No, no, no. But that's like, the thing. It's like everyone's going to do it. Like if Arkansas loses it, out at the first the round, is, Tennessee's going to come around and do the fans, same thing. Are not they're going to sit there after it's said and done. They're not going to sit here and just go after him as soon as one person strikes out. But like, just go after that player. Like, do I agree with everything that Tennessee has done? No. Do I think uh, Drew Gilbert uh, should have turned around and argued and said what he did to that? No. But how, if if that's a thing, then every single person that argues with a ball on strike should be kicked out. Even the announcer no, yeah, said that. I I agree with that. But the I'm thing just... is, when you guys sit here and there's comments, like I saw the other day, Tony Vitello would – or Dave Van Horn would never act like Tony Vitello does. And then all of a sudden I see snapshot after snapshot after snapshot of all this stuff that Tony – or that Dave Van Horn did. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Like that's But, but sitting here talking about a team basis. losing and then sitting here making fun of them is two different things. But when you sit here and you – and as Arkansas, as a team, you sit here and say, well, the team of the East, the team of the top of the East, you don't even dress them or give them any respect because you're Arkansas, you're the Omahaws that can't even make it. You, like, you label yourself that and you can't even make it there. Like Dave Van Horn is a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the GOAT. He hasn't won crap. He's won one SEC tournament. He hasn't even won a championship. I'm just going to out there. I think it goes back to 1997. The trip. When, yes. when Yeah, it absolutely does. <laughs> I think it goes back to that because until then, I don't know that Arkansas and Tennessee had a rivalry. But I don't think they did. But, but here's my thing, though. Because Clint Sterner tripped and fumbled the ball and lost the game. We were leading 21-3 to at halftime. And they could not close it out. And so hogs are petty. And it's Poor Tennessee's fault. Let it go. Poor so Bulls. They blame Tennessee because we keep 
we can't blame ourselves because that would be mature. Even Clint Sterner do does that. No. Clint Sterner cursed out. We got to blame everybody else. Clint Sterner uh, told a fan a couple years ago, they posted something about it and they tagged him on it on Twitter. And he sat there and told that fan, F you and all this stuff. And somebody's like, dude, that was 20 years ago. Like it's time to, and I get it, championship uh, contender on the thing, but it's like, it's time to move on from that. And if, if, if we're Arkansas fans and we're mad at Tennessee baseball, because of the success they've done. Like, I get it. Tennessee should have won because of statistics. Arkansas last year, they were just a home run hitting team. That's it. Because they, yeah, they had one the bullpen last year, too. They had Kevin Copps. They didn't have a they bullpen. They had – Wick is really good. We had a bull in the pen. We did not have the bullpen. The Wick only person really that could do pitcher. anything – The only person that could do anything last year was Kevin Copps because any, any signs of trouble, one pitch – one inch out of the strike zone – Kevin Copps came in for the last six innings. Simple as that. You don't know. He came and pitched the last eight innings of a ball game because Dave Van Horn was scared. We were lucky to have Copps. I mean, there's obviously a reason why he won the Golden Spikes. Like, he basically won the Heisman of baseball. But you can't – and then when we were playing NC State and he started in – and, yeah, Kevin Copps can go – Eight, nine, ten innings. <clears throat> that's one. That's great. But eventually, they're gonna get it down. They're gonna get his timing. They're gonna get that pitch down. Well, and they said it last year. Exactly. The more you see him, you're going to hit off of him. Yeah. And that was good about him. He came yeah, out there for an insane. inning and could pitch ten pitches and be done because nobody could hit off of him. But the thing is, Tennessee started hitting home runs off of him, and that's what th- people worry about. The more you see him, and they got the and North Carolina State got to see him for eight innings eight innings but ryan i rem- i i looked at twitter it's, and stuff last I, year but i also did not see enough of the riders and sportscasters and stuff really laying it down to arkansas and making fun of them the only thing i saw them c- consistently talk about was the omahogs thing you call yourself omahogs and you can't make it to omaha that's it not sitting here picking out personal players and attacking them attacking their values, making fun of someone's anxiety and they're, and they can't play, you know, and, and going after, you know, like a former Razorback player who is a broadcaster is the one that started all that crap about Tennessee's performance enhancers because of a stupid tweet. Yeah. That was going to say, yes, he put it on, uh -uh. he put it on ESPN, his unreliable source, and he's going to throw it out there for the world to see. Instead of looking it up, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff should not happen. That's exactly. what I've been trying to say. I this don't want like English that. teachers but on research paper season about I out when you said that sources. What's that? So I'm trying to figure out when you said that because you were telling me how Tennessee did no, just as I was much as what Arkansas did. I was literally just trying to say that. Like what I was just trying to say when you were talking. I was trying to tell you that I don't like that. I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't agree with that kind of stuff. I, especially when it comes to mental health, don't screw with someone's mental health because it can make things worse. Worse. I know the guy that, well, I don't know him personally, but I know the guy who started that whole, well, they didn't start the whole thing, but you know, he is the spark that lit that whole fire. I know. You know, he thought it was funny. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that he did that. He had a bunch of people wind up calling him out saying that's not cool. He did apologize. I don't think his apology was, you know, as good as it should be, but he did apologize. And that 
that one guy, the 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 um, the radio host or whoever he was, the ESPN guy. I think he should have been suspended for it or fired because I like, just think it's just kind of funny that he's a former Razorback player. That's what I thought. And it's, you know, even if he wasn't a former Razorback player, he should still be suspended for it. We had a, we had another guy from ESPN, an Arkansas guy from ESPN recently talk horrible things about an Arkansas player and he got suspended for it. This guy should have the same exact thing happen to him. Well, I agree. Um, but, you know, when it comes to these fan bases, they're two passionate fan bases. They both like to go after each other. Sometimes it does get really bad, which I agree. When it gets really bad, it should just – Well, Tennessee you know, kind of goes after anybody. They just don't pick one school because – But they go after – they still go after each other. And Arkansas doesn't go after just Tennessee. They go um, after either. LSU. They go after Texas. But my thing is – but. They Missouri. go after Florida differently because Florida is their rival. They go after Vanderbilt because that's their in-state rival. They don't have anything to prove against Arkansas. Like they it's hold Arkansas's number in football. It's probably because both teams are both sports programs. That is, are relatively the same. They're both relatively the same. Tony Vitello came from Arkansas. Tony Vitale, yes. Tony Vitale came from Arkansas. There's your, there's your main call. And it's it's really good. Like I, I like think the it's still the '97 game. Well, <laughs> it's absolutely the '97 game. The fact that Tony but Vitale I, came from Arkansas, I and coached under Dave Van Horn. There's your main reason right there. But like, po- like my other thing is like sitting there posting stuff like, well, this Arkansas, they went to this tournament, they won this, they won that. And they're the only team or only school to do that. Well, you know what? I can sit there and pick out some sports too that Tennessee was successful in and say, well, they're the only school to do that. Like, hey, if I, if they I do sit, it. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. But like, why post that stuff and kind of point things out when it doesn't really matter? We're just talking but, about one sport. Like, if you talk about all the school, like all your sports across the thing, Tennessee is the only team that has more than uh, their programs winning 60% of the stuff. They're the only SEC school that all their programs combined have won more than 60% of their games. From tennis to uh, swimming to softball to baseball, anything. Then I, Hey, that's awesome. I also don't like it, and this is not just a Tennessee thing. Now, I have seen this more often because I think Tennessee's presence and Arkansas's presence, they're both very um, – they both have the larger presences on Twitter – but I've seen both schools, they'll get underneath a tweet of something that happened to the other team or to their team that's a good thing that happened, and they'll just, like, decide that they need to bring up the other team. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I want to congratulate my team when my team does something. I don't want to get under there and be like, you know what, screw you, Tennessee, or, you know, or see, you know what, screw you, Arkansas. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff. It does annoy me, but I like the trash talking. I like how passionate Tennessee well, is, and I like I get how passionate that. Arkansas is, and I want to see them play – more often as a result because you but have my such thing is, fan bases. Don't whine and I think and complain, it could be a great rivalry. Don't whine and complain about how Tennessee is classless and they ruin the sport of baseball, but yet you sit there and say classless things about them. Like, that doesn't make you any better if you're going to complain <clears> about what they do, but yet you do the same thing oh, as yeah. a fan base. I'll be a hypocrite. Like, but if you want to know the real underlying reason why – I think this year why people were so – Arkansas fans were so glad to see them lose is because they didn't want to get the, – the, the trash-talking Arkansas fans didn't want Tennessee to kick the crap out of them in Omaha. 
maybe. I'm I am never you will never see me ever be one of those fans. To be honest with you, I'm kind of sad they're not because I would have loved to see them. Play. Well, that's what I, I would absolutely love to see them play. I was talking to me and Randy were texting texting each other just a couple days ago, and I said, "Well, Tennessee did exactly what Arkansas did last year, ranked number one out throughout the entire season because number one is a curse, and they can't make it Omaha." And uh, honestly, Notre Dame's a great team. Well, <laughs> well, Notre Dame should have had Notre Dame should have had the number one seed or yeah, not the number one have. seed. They should have had a Hosted a regional over North Carolina. Mike, and, do you think – I think there's two teams. Of course, I want Arkansas to win the championship. There, there are two teams right now that I absolutely think could just run away with the whole championship. And I think – and they're both on the same side of the bracket. Notre Dame, Texas A&M. Texas A&M has been sneaky good all year, and I think they're going to be just as just as good in the tournament. And I, I really think that they could win it all. Texas I want to see Arkansas win it all, but I think Texas A&M will win it all. Hot at the right moment. And that's really what it is, too. You know, Arkansas has played very inconsistently all year. But get to the you get to the Super Regional and you, you start – get hot at the right time. You get hot at the right time, and there you go. You get, that's, all, that's all it takes. You get hot at the right time. And they're, right now, they are. So is Texas A&M. You know, but the thing is, with last year with Arkansas, they were hot the whole year. You just misuse how you use your pitchers. Yeah, that's and true. we couldn't we couldn't hit the broad side of the board on the last. You, the very last you scored game. fifty runs in game one of that series. I know. Isn't but, that the, the the dumbest thing that's ever happened? The thing in the is, history of sports? you misuse your pitchers because you have your reliever and you get scared and you're like, well, I don't trust anybody else. I'm going to put Kevin Copps uh, in the second inning and pitch him the whole game, and now you kept him too long, and now people hit off of him. Like that—that's what happened in the World Series that year when Dave Van Horn lost. That's what happened last year. Either he needs to get a better pitching coach, or he needs to give it up or something, because that's going to be his Achilles' heel is the fact that he does not know how to use his pitchers. Nah, I think he'll. I think the pitching coach will probably. I feel like he'll be the next. Well, guy. I, mean, I don't think. I, I mean, like, I'm gonna side note this. Like, I don't think Dave Van Horn's health is just doing the greatest in the world in many ways. I don't see him, no matter what happens this year, just going just like a, a lot longer. So either, you know, someone um, – either someone's already, you know, being groomed to be the the next manager or it's going to be someone else, well, which is going to be fun. It's going to be fun whenever he retires because, like, then we're going to have this whole conversation again because there's going to be like a little stretch of time of, you know, is it going to be uh, – is it going to be Tony Vitello? And it's going to be a war on Twitter, and I'm going to watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought, I thought myself the same thing. I was like, boy, if he ever retires, I was like, I, I'm, I wonder if they're going to go after Tony Vitello. And if Tony oh, Vitello they will absolutely go after Tony Vitello. You know what? And then here's my thing. All the hypocrites of the Arkansas fan base. Uh, love it. Like, exactly. Like, you can't sit there and say, well, I don't want a coach like him, blah, 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 blah. And like, oh, please, please. Oh, blah, blah. That's the same crap that – the Arkansas fan base did about Mitch Mustang. He was coming to Arkansas, and then when he became who he was, he's like, nope, to pull my name out of the Arkansas file, I want to explore my options. It's like, you suck, you suck, you suck. I hope you rot, da 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 And then he sucks in that national All-American game. And so all these schools, Notre Dame, USC, were like, uh, I don't think you're as good as you are. And he's like, you know what? My heart's in Arkansas. Oh, we love you. We knew you'd always come yeah. back. Da-da. I'm like, I'll take you as a guys. coach. 
I'll absolutely take him as a head coach. That's different from you than the stinking uh, fan base who are a bunch of jerks that sit there and are so hypocritical. Like yeah, I said, we talked about this before. You, you win one game and you guys like, bring on Bama, bring on Bama. Y'all play Sheridan High School. Like, calm down. <laughs> and then you guys – and then you lose to Bama 21 to 19 and have the greatest game. You're like, all right, we're done. This season's over. Season's over. We can't do crap. Like, w- what do y'all want? Like, and I get there's people like that. But when I talk to people, like, I have a buddy that's a West Virginia guy. He talks about the fan base there, and he has family that lives in Mizzou. I have my uncle that lived lived in Seattle and talked about Washington and stuff like that. And then having, you know, what goes on there and following a bunch of riders and stuff from Tennessee and reading their post, it's just crazy seeing how some fan bases are. And you win one game, you're you're already crowning yourself national champions, and you lose in one game. And I get it. We talked about this before, and you said, well, you should expect to win every game, and I get it. But there's reality sometimes you can't really think that you expected to – you're 0-10 that you expected to win a national championship that year. Like, that's just two different things to me. But, I, yeah, I've got the – you know, I've got the Sam Pittman mentality. And I, I, there's actually a very specific interview that I'm talking about. Um, the other day he was asked about uh, having um, – like, who would he want? Like, if – you know, we should talk about this at some point in a podcast, the SEC pod potential um, and everything. And uh, they asked him, someone asked him about like, who do you want on that? And he's like, well, one of the teams I want on it is Texas. It's like, we're not afraid to play Texas. We, we would love to play them every single year. And that's my thing. It's like, you know, if we want to recreate the Southwest conference, which I think would be kind of a neat pod, I would well, love would. to play. I would love to play Oklahoma, Texas A&M and Texas every year because all three of those teams as even if I hate them, they're all. But then again, do you want to? You want a coach that says, "Oh Lord, no, 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 don't put them over there. We don't want them." I want Arkansas State in that conference if they recreate it. <laughs> like, like I love if, that too. If somebody said, "Hey, uh, we're bringing Bama to the Big 12, you know, like Oklahoma should or whoever is left in the Big Twelve shouldn't sit here and go. No, I hope they're in the eastern side. No, we don't want them. They're gonna be like. Bring them on. Welcome to the Big 12. Just like we're telling Texas and Oklahoma, welcome to the SEC. Yeah. No. But, I mean, that? like, there's, like, coaches in the SEC that I absolutely believe when I say it. Pittman's one of them. Heupel's – is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Heupel's another one of them. Beamer. I think those guys, you know, they really want to prove themselves, so they're going to say, let's put the best of the best in front of us or, well, you know, it. or the challenge in front of us. And I, let's Again, see I, don't wanna, I don't want to have a coach that's going to say, well, we're just going to go out there and do our best. I want a yeah. coach that believes. But then again, a coach on day one, him saying, well, we're going to win this na- national title, other than saying well, our goal is to Let's calm down a minute, Hoss. Yeah. Let's get you through the first, like, Butch first Jones, four games, and then we'll see where we're at. Like Butch Jones being at Arkansas State, if he went in there and said, you know, well, we're a national title, title contender today. Now, if he says, my goal is to get us ranked and be in a national title hunt, you know, then, yeah, I want that, but you can't think that you're going to win a national title every year unless you're Nick Saban, unless you're – I wish they had a couple of good seasons. Which is established. That's not years. a first-year coach. Exactly. So. I wish they were good. I wish they had – I wish – speaking of state, I wish they had had, like, a couple of good seasons across the board in all sports. I want to see them in the Big 12. Or the next – or the SEC NCAA merger. Whenever I want to see them move up into a – a nationally ranked conference for sure. 
but I think I think they could. I think with the right pieces, they could be. I would. I would actually would really love to see them in the SEC or the Big Twelve. I don't think they'll ever be in the SEC right now, but who knows? The SEC is. I think is actually just going to become like the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a design for the SEC just to become the NCAA. All right, guys. Uh, love it. We are love going to um, try to do this again very soon. Probably within next month, I want to hit on some of these other movies and get in talking about some football and some things we didn't get to talk about because I want to talk about some things that happened in in the Super Bowl and some of the rule changes and things that have happened, and we have not been able to get together. So, I want to talk about Obi Wan. Yes, I want to talk about getting a little bit more in depth than that. Maybe we can do just a so good. special night. Uh, so good. But hey, some remakes I'll, on some video games and stuff. So I'm excited I, about that. I'm going to be down. Halo series in there too. That weekend yep. of the. the the party and everything. So if you want to like talk about Obi Wan, <laughs> okay, because uh, it's gonna be over by then. So yeah, I'm just so excited about it. It's so good. Watch Obi Wan, people who haven't watched it, who listen to this podcast. Two guys from Germany, <laughs> one from South Africa and Australia. South African guy. Come on. If you okay. haven't watched yet, what's stopping you? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's not banned there. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for everybody who's listening, who's going to listen. Thank you to Ross, Ron, and Luke for joining us tonight. We're missing David. Hopefully he can get on with us this next time. So thank you for listening.